Welcome to episode 109 of Auto Hop Topic. What's up, Brad? Not much, Andrew. What's up with you? Oh, a whole bunch of project car updates. We are deep into Radwood prep. Oh, yeah. Fingers crossed we can make it. Oh, we'll make it in something. Well, we'll definitely be there. Fingers crossed all of our projects will be there. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty uh, damn close. I mean, my two backups are good. I don't think you have a backup. Well, I have like four backups, but none of them are good. Okay. So, I guess that makes them not backups, though, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, the Raider, the RX-7, and the Starion are all 80s. They're not even close to driving. The Raider's pretty close. Okay. But not that close. Mm -mm. Also, no. Yeah. I don't think you want to drive six hours in that. I certainly would. I mean, we've driven it all night before. It's true. It was a lot colder. I have a different feeling about driving shitty cars for long distances than other people do, so I'd be fine with it. All right. But, nonetheless, it's not ready to go. Well, I did fix the Gallant rear brakes, so that car could be taken, if need be. Excellent. It's good to go. And the coolant temp sensor. Excellent. Yeah, it runs a lot better. Oh, yes. And stops a lot better. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, it does. It was still worth it to drive it 2,000 miles. We didn't realize how shitty it was running and stopping that 2,000 miles until you fixed problems. It wouldn't idle right, but it didn't throw a code for the coolant temp sensors until mm -hmm. it came back. But it would idle correctly with the air conditioning running because that pulls coolant temp sensor from a different sensor. Oh, seriously? Yes. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Really dumb. But so most of the time we were down there, we were using the air conditioning because... It was Atlanta in August. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, but it runs better now, so that's all that matters. Yep. And stops better. So, I also uh, swapped. I have these white line caster bushings that go on the end of the control arms. Okay. I have them in the Galant, and they feel awesome, so I put them in the Talon. Yeah, they give a lot more immediate on-center feel with the steering. Mm-hmm. And when I, after I was done installing them, you know, you leave the bolts that mounts them in Almost loose. Like, they're snug. And then you put the vehicle on the ground with the weight on it, and then you tighten them. So I had it up in the air, and I was just kind of messing around with it, and the front of the talon on the driver's side felt loose, like the ball joint. I'm like, really? I double-check it again. Sure enough, the lower ball joint is loose. Which is really annoying, because I replaced those arms, like, uh, two, no, probably like four years ago. But the and car's been parked for two of those four years. The car's been parked for, like, four years. Oh, really? Those have, like, l way less than 5,000 miles on them. So it's a faulty part. Yeah. That's bad. Super annoying. So I ordered another one. Uh, I got it from work real fast. Um, now, that control arm and the ball joint are a unit in that, right? Yeah, you can't replace them. Well, you can. Oh, yeah, you can't. You shouldn't. Yeah, you cannot press a ball joint into that. Yes. It does if, not work that way. If you remember... The Wayback Machine mm -hmm. to 1999 or 2000, probably 2000. Um, no, it was later than that. Whatever. It was 2001. It was early in... I only, I only drove the car to like 01 or 02, so... No, it was probably 03, 04. No, because I didn't have the car anymore by then, because I had the 2001 Audi in 02. So, no, but... Or 03. Yeah. Okay, but still, so I got rid of the... The town stopped driving. I was, I was out of high school when this happened. 
because our other friend who was driving the car while it happened was working with you. Listen, I am now getting older. And we went... Andrew and I apologize. My brain is not what it used to be. I guess not. So, say it's late 02. Maybe. Okay. Because I bought the 01 Audi in 03. Sure. I definitely did. There's no question. Um. Anyway... Before we did a lot of our own, or I did a lot of my own work, I farmed things out to a shop that shall remain nameless, often, especially on Daily Driver, because I needed to get it done, and they decided that they could change the ball joint in the control arm. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't go so well, because it failed, like, two days later, spectacularly, while a friend of mine was driving the car, and the wheel fell off, mm-hmm. wrecking the fender, and cutting the tire. And putting the car in the middle of an intersection with no wheel on it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. You cannot change those ball joints. You need to change the arms. I've seen it happen, too. To cars. Yeah, it's not good. No. So, yeah, I can... At least I've already changed those arms before. So I know all the bolts will come out. Because I had a huge pain in the ass when those needed to be changed before. Because they were original and they were in there for 15 years at the time. In New England. And... These long, super long bolts that go through the front had seized up, but now I know they'll come apart. So, going to work on that this week. Should come right out. Excellent. Because I already had the rear bushing part out that came right apart. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah. Oh, huge. The HRE wheels mm-hmm. that uh, thanks to Jared Robinson, I thought they were five hundred ones. He correctly identified them there, HRE 504s. Okay. Similar design. Very similar, but they're definitely 504s. Yeah. So they're not a reverse mount mesh. It, they're a three-piece, but the mesh part is mounted on the outside. On the face. On the face. Yep. And uh, they're 16 by 8, plus 35. So they're almost the same offset as stock. No. Plus 38. Yeah, which yeah. is almost the same as plus 35. Yeah. Almost the same offset of stock with about an inch and a half wider. Inch and a half wider. Yeah, they might be 16 by six and a half or 16 by 7s factory. Yeah, no bigger than 7s. But with a 215.55, 16. Mm-hmm. They're a little fat, but they look good. Yeah, look good to me. Um, period correct for Radwood. It's just more... Big sidewall. It's more period correct for that car anyways. Yep. And it definitely I've car- always liked the looks of those cars better on sixteens and seventeens. Yeah. Car needed uh, a change up. I had the other wheels on there since O three. It's just time to change it. Sure it was O three? Yes. I mean I can argue hundred percent. <laughs> uh yeah, I mean for other stuff, seventeens are better and I will get a separate set of seventeens for other types of driving. I just prefer the look of a sixteen on the car. It's what the car is designed with, and I think it looks best on the car. Yes, but you get better uh, response out of a 17. I'm sure you're doing, doing other better stuff. choices of tires and yeah. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. But as far as the looks goes, I prefer them with a 16. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm going to have two. Yeah, and I remember I ran 16s on mine. Um, but the hot, cool thing in the mid-2000s was to put 17s on your car. Yeah, which I didn't do. Because you were lame. <laughs> no, actually, the Dad reason Brad. was because I couldn't afford them. Because it was a significant jump in price. Because you got to remember, I brought a set of Enki RSEs, brand new, and 19, 20-year-old Brad. That was a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So, uh, oh, I had them mounted down the street here, actually, 
mm-hmm. at uh, Autobahn Performance. Yeah, cool shop. Do a lot of Porsche stuff. Oh, yes. They're a big German car shop. So uh, they're German car experts. Uh, the other cool thing, the place is dog-friendly. So if you want to bring your dog there, will you wait to have your car service? Oh, is it really? Yep. You can cool. hang out with your dog. Um, it's 20 minutes north of Boston. And their Instagram is Audubon underscore performance underscore mass. Yep. So go check them out for your German car needs. Yeah, they're good guys. I've known the tech writer down there for quite some time. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a good guy. So. Yeah. Like I said, a lot of... I got to just peek in the garage door there as I dropped off my wheels and picked them up. And they had a lot of transaxle porsches in there currently. Yeah, they get quite a few usually. They also do a lot of muscle cars in there too. Yeah. And a... Uh, Mike down there pointed out to me a Land Cruiser with 400,000 miles on it, like an FJ80. Oh, that's really cool. He's like, yeah, it blew a brake line. And they were like, we should probably replace all the other brake lines because... They have 400,000 miles on them. <laughs> yeah, and if one goes, that means the next one's going to yeah, go. Yeah, are pretty close, <laughs> yep. So that Yeah, was... no, they're, they're, they're good guys in a good shop, real quality work. Mm-hmm. They moved over there, I don't know, what, five or six years ago? Something like that. Yeah, they're pretty good. Very good, I should say, not pretty good. Yeah. So go check them out. They gave me a great price on Mountain the Tires and Wheels, so very cool. Yeah, tell them we sent you. Yeah. They won't treat you any differently. Nope. <laughs> uh, Sapporo. Huge. A delicious beer. The biggest updates. Where do we even begin? We, I think you talked about the transmission. I told the tale. I, I wove I wove this this the story of the junkyard transmission grab, mm-hmm. um, but that transmission now resides much closer to the ground in the car. Yeah, so I think we left off. You picked up the transmission, it was in your truck. Mm-hmm. You brought it to the garage. Mm-hmm. Maybe you talked about going through it. Nope, because we hadn't even done that yet. Because we dropped it off and came here. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. But my memory's not very good, as we established in the first segment, so I could be wrong. Nope. I think that was it. Yeah, because we, yeah, I dropped, I got on a Wednesday, we went over, I dropped it in the garage with you, and then came right over here and did the... All right, um, so take it from there. We put it in the car. Okay. Done. Okay. Easy. Elaborate on that? 20 minutes. Sure. Tonight. After the first hour and a half. Yeah. Um, no, it was, uh, it was fairly uneventful. Um, I mean, putting a transmission in a car, there's not a lot going on once you pull the drive shaft out, which actually, Andrew, while I was working on the transmission and the drive shaft was out, Andrew helped me out by swapping over the carrier bearing in the drive shaft because mm-hmm. it's a two-piece drive shaft yep. and that was completely blown out. So got a nice new one in there. Should get rid of some driveline vibrations probably. Oh, it would have vibrated horribly. Yeah, I'm sure it did many times. I drove it before, but I didn't notice. <laughs> Probably because it's an older car and just figured it was vibrating. But anyway, when I get to drive it in the highway, I'm sure I'll feel the difference. So that's good. Um, so yeah, pull the drive shaft out. And then once you've disconnected all of the automatic transmission lines and the linkages. The ridiculous linkages. The ridiculous linkages that they have. Yes. They have to adapt it to many different vehicles. Yes. Um there's really not that much holding it in. You get, you know, two bolts in the back where the tail shaft is. And what were the six in the front? That's about it. Maybe, yeah, six. There's four bolts on the mount in the back. Yeah. And, and then six in the front. Six around the bell housing, I think. Yeah, that's it. So it's not 
a huge... Three torque converter bolts? Yeah, it's not a huge process to get it out once you've figured out the plan of attack. And we had a transmission jack. The transmission jack is a huge help. Not going to lie about that. Yeah. Because I remember last time I took the transmission out, we didn't have the jack. And what we did was disconnected the transmission, lowered the lift till the transmission was like right over a table. Mm-hmm. And then kind of like backed it off and let it drop like a half an inch onto the table. Hmm. So that was a little more uh, daunting and difficult than using the jack was. The jack was nice because it tilts and tips front to back and side to side. We didn't um, have to do much of that. No, but it's nice that it does. We did a little bit and it made the thing slot right in place or right out of place as it would be in the first particular part. Yeah. This um, was way easier than my Montero transmission. Well, there's no transfer case involved. Yeah. So and it's no, a lot lighter. And no solid piece of frame that has the tor- the uh, torsion bars connected to it. So. Oh, it's in the way. It's right to it. I forgot yep. about that part. But yeah, no, it was, it was pretty uneventful getting it out. Um, getting it back in, there were a couple of minor hiccups. Um, one of the lines didn't thread into the fitting on the transmission. Mm-hmm. Apparently the... Cooler lines, yeah. The, yeah, that was like the cooler line. Apparently one of the fittings had a different thread pitch on it for some reason in the junkyard transmission. Or maybe it was worn out. I don't know. So we took the fitting off the old transmission and put it on the junkyard transmission and solved that problem. Um, the biggest hiccup was caused by me. Yeah. I didn't pay enough attention when putting it all back together to the check if the transmission pan where the fluid sits was true or not. So the flat surface that goes all the way around the edge of the transmission, mm-hmm. one of the corners had a little bend to it. Oh. So when we put the thing back on, you know, we covered it in RTV, put it up in the air, filled it with fluid, it leaked out the front. So It didn't, like, it was a drip. It wasn't that bad. It was enough that it had to be fixed. Oh, yes. So. It wasn't catastrophic. No, it wasn't catastrophic. So we tested everything while... That transmission pan was still in there. We ran it through the gears a few times, got the fluid up into the transmission, which had been sitting since sometime in the Bush 1 administration. Yeah, so at first it like wasn't dragging down. It wasn't doing anything. I was yeah. getting a little worried. We kept adding fluid, adding fluid, mm-hmm. adding fluid. Then it started to come up, and you throw it in drive, and then all of a sudden the car went, ooh, like it... Yeah, it clicked into gear. Well, no, it started to... You know, when you put an automatic in gear, it puts drag on it. And it yeah. Slows the engine speed down, and you can yeah. tell. And then you were doing a little, like, brake stands on the lift. Right. It was starting to pull, so. Yep, it was definitely moving. It wasn't slipping, so yeah. that's good. And uh, put it back in reverse and drive a few times, and. Adjusted the li- I adjusted the linkage. Adjusted was, the that, linkage. was that linkage okay afterwards? Yeah, it's almost perfect. I need to make sure I push it forward into park. Um, because if you like put it where it naturally falls into park, it's not quite in park. Uh, so we just got to back that nut off a little bit okay. and just put it a little further back, I think. It's probably the lack of bushings that have disappeared. There's a couple places where it could use some bushings, yes. They just dried up and fell out and disappeared, so. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it functions pretty well. You just have to be positive with your shifts, that's all. Yeah, and then so, you... Took it for a little well, tonight, spin up and down. Last night, I pulled the pan off. I drained the fluid out of it, pulled the pan off, scraped all the RTV off, um, cleaned it all up, made it look shiny again, and then I put it on the cement floor and kind of body worked it, make sure it was flat. Yeah. I just, you know, 
put my weight on one side of it and used a hammer on that corner and flattened it back out again mm-hmm. on the cement floor. Um, and that seems to have worked. So I put it back on. I uh, also decided this time to let the RTV cure for 24 hours before putting fluid in it, mm-hmm. just as like a precautionary measure. I think it probably would have been fine either way, but... I noticed you guys also mushed it around the edge. Yes. Like, like it was like caulking. Yep, we did, just to seal it for good. Um, but nonetheless, we put fluid tonight, and uh, I didn't leak out, started the car, put the fluid running through it, shifted it on the shifted it on the lift a few times, didn't go out, and I drove around the block. And uh, the thing shifts better than it ever has before, so... It's the first time I've driven the car in over two years. It was nice to see it move under its own power. It was real nice to drive it under its own power. That's for sure. Yeah. So now, because it's been sitting for two years, it needs one hell of a detail. Yeah. Uh, the tires are all dry rotted. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not safe to drive, even yep. around the neighborhood on, really. Um, and I have to decide whether I'm going to put on my Anki 92 wheels that are from the Starion. Or I have a set of Watanabe's in the basement that I could also use. So I'm not sure which way I want to go yet. But I have to get tires for either one. Radwood's next week, so I have one week to finish cleaning it up. I need to put a muffler on it, put the wheels on it, put tires on it. Coolant hoses. Coolant hoses. They're kind of spongy. Yeah, and uh, take it for a drive. Because I do not want to do another G54B head. Nope. Really not in the mood for that. I've done enough of those. You've only done them on one car. You've one done car, multiple times, four times, three times, three. Yes, three times. I feel like it was four. It was three times. Might have to go to the record. Either way, they uh, they don't like to overheat and they crack what they do. So. Yeah. Which I mean is not a bad part of the car. You just don't overheat it and you're fine. Exactly. Yeah. So you're gonna change those out. Yes, we are. Before you take it on a trip. Yes, because that car almost overheated once on a road trip. Yeah. When the radiator, sorry, the thermostat stuck closed. Oh, cool. Oops. Yeah, no, change it out. Didn't overheat, almost overheated. Sorry, it was just in time. Is that it? I don't know. We've been too busy working on cars to like put together show stuff, unfortunately. Or fortunately. Or fortunately, yeah. We talk about working on cars on the show, so sometimes we have to spend more time working on cars. Than having the show. Which is why we're a day late this week, actually. Because we just were so tired from working on cars last night, it was like, nope. We're not going to record tonight. We'll mm-hmm. do it tomorrow night. Yep. So, because we do this after our full working day, obviously. And then our full evening of wrenching on cars to get prepped for Radwood. Spending nearly every day working on cars. Well, you do it all day long, too. Yeah. And then all night long. Mm-hmm. So I understand getting burnt out once in a while. Mm-hmm. So you, you relax by going into your house and playing video games about cars or building model cars. <laughs> no, lately it's mostly just watching Netflix. How, you've been playing Forza again, though, have you not? I played it for a second. Well, you were telling me about the drag racing and the drifting stuff, so... Like 10 minutes I okay. played it. Well, it's 10 minutes more than yeah. I have, so... Oh, you know what I did? I took the um, the fuel pressure regulator on the Talon. Oh, forgot was about that. Temporarily mounted. Fifteen years. Five ago. Five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it, um, yeah, actually, it was more than that. It was probably ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I took a bracket that is used on the firewall to hold some solenoids. Okay, like PCB style solenoids or um, 
we call it uh, purge solenoids and stuff. Yeah, and uh, I found a used one, and I moved it over because it I knew it would fit between the top part of the firewall above the welded part. Yep, where the seam is. Yep, and then the blow part. I don't know, below the seam? The below it part? I don't know. I like it. I knew it would fit in that area because that's where it's We're designed for, yeah. yeah. So I uh, mounted it in a spot. I used my favorite rivnut tool. Mm-hmm. Which I like now as well. And then I drilled... We discussed that in detail on one of the spaghetti episodes. Yep. I drilled my two holes that mount the fuel pressure regulator to that, and now it looks like a factory bracket for the fuel pressure regulator. Yep, it does. It looks better than being zip-tied to the strut tower bar. I wasn't going to say that. I mean... Temporarily mounted in a different place for testing. Yes, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Whatever, it worked. Um, speaking of spaghetti, spaghetti's actually getting repaired now as well. I heard the butt get cut off. Yeah, we haven't been there to help because we've been doing, our, unfortunately, our own projects. But, and it's being fixed way up in Maine. So, um, yeah, where they had the love tap on the telephone pole in the first stage of the rally. Uh-huh. They're sectioning in a new rear clip on the car. So, Oh, yes, they will be back on at some point. For yeah. updates. To discuss that massive project they're undertaking. <laughs> Neither one of them have any experience with bodywork. Might as well cut a car in half and weld it back together. I mean, they have they have experienced help with them, so... Nonetheless. It's kind of cool. They took a car um, that had been around the area for a while. Yeah, it was a, 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 a New England region car. SECA car for a long time. Another golf. So a little, little bit of Yeah, New thankfully England. it's not a golf. Yeah. It wasn't... <laughs> It wasn't like a Ford pickup. Yeah, 57 Chevy <laughs> yeah. fins on the back of spaghetti. This is this is quickly becoming a uh, 24 hours of lemons car if they were doing that. Yeah. But nonetheless, they're coming back together soon, so that'll be kind of cool to see. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to put a different paint job on the whole car, too. So That's what I heard. Delivery. It'll be a surprise. Yeah, because we actually we don't even know what it is technically yet, I don't think. Anything else? I don't think so. I don't have much to fill up tonight. Really don't have much. I apologize to our adoring fans. I don't want to drone on. For the short episode. And we don't have... We didn't even take the time for listener questions. No. We don't have any Craig Don't Tell Me. No. Nothing. Nothing at all. We'll make it up to you. Yeah. There'll be some other long, drawn-out episodes. Yeah. We'll have an hour and a half episode someday. But for now, you get 30 minutes. Yeah. If that. Is it not even 30 minutes? No. How much time do we have to kill? Five minutes. It's only 25 minutes. Uh, sorry, 22. So seven minutes. Wow. So we'll sit here in silence for seven minutes. Yes. I will serenade you singing. No. I actually won't do that at all. No, that's okay. I, I don't even think there's any, uh, any new car news. There's no new cars. Nothing. When was the last time you looked at a new car? Oh, I drove an Eclipse Cross. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. I could fill up five minutes of Eclipse Cross talk. All right. Um... So everybody in my family drives Mitsubishis, as I think I've mentioned before, which is not my fault, actually. It's my father and sister's fault, because I pushed them to a Mitsubishi once a long time ago, and they had zero problems with it over like 10 years of driving the car, and 160,000 miles, and they've been sold on them ever since. So everybody else in my family, extended family and close family, has been buying Mitsubishis because they've all had good experiences with them. Mm-hmm. Not from my influence of old crappy ones. Mm-hmm. So my mom was looking to upgrade her 05 Accord. Um, and the new Accords are like $45,000. 
by the time you get all the options you want. Maybe you not could quite, buy an Acura. Maybe not quite that much, but they're quite expensive. They're significantly more expensive than a decently optioned Eclipse Cross was. And the Eclipse Cross came with a 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Mm-hmm. So that was the extra push that sold her. Hashtag that not sponsored. By Mitsubishi, yes. Yeah. No, we just like Mitsubishis. Um, <clears throat> and she bought the all-wheel drive, super all-wheel control, mm-hmm. um, two-liter turbo bottle. Yep. So. Which is kind of a gimmick. The super all-wheel control? Yeah. Oh, definitely a gimmick. Yeah. Absolutely 100% a gimmick. Yeah. Um, but it is all-wheel drive. Mm-hmm. So it's fine for somebody around here in the wintertime. She can go rip it up in the snow. Or in dirt. I, I kind of can't wait to drive it in the snow, because I think it'll probably be fun. And and the funny thing was, my Evo had the same thing. Right. And you would just leave it in the regular mode. And I figured it out. Yeah, because putting it in snow, I think, would lock it 50-50, and it would drive weird, and dirt would do something else weird with the diffs. Mm-hmm. So you were better off just leaving it in tarmac mode. And just it, driving it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, my quick thoughts on the car. It's a new CUV. Okay. So it drives like a new CUV. There's nothing remarkable about it. Yep. Um, the steering is overboosted. It's electric, probably. Probably. Um, it's a fairly nice place to be inside the car. It's not cheap feeling. It feels nice. Compa- it- compared to its class, it feels like it fits in. I mean, it's not a Mercedes or a BMW, it, but it's not... It's not awful either. So, I mean, it feels equal quality to your Subaru. Is it piano black? You know, I drove it at dusk and I don't remember. I don't think I, there's any piano black. Or was there? There might be. Probably. But whatever. It doesn't... The car doesn't feel cheap inside. The gauges are nice. The display is nice. The radio is nice. Everything in the car is anything you expect from a brand new car right now. Does it have solid black wheels? Yes. So weird now. So I noticed a bunch of companies have now switched from the black with the machine, machine face. face to just yeah. pure black wheels, which is much better than machine face. It is much better than machine face, but, but I feel like for your factory wheel, black wheels are just not into black wheels on cars all depends the time. On, depends on the car. Sometimes it's just kind of, because it depends on the color of the car. Number one, it does. And I then like a, a red car with a black wheel looks really nice. And this car is a red car, so I don't agree. But the problem is when a car has black wheels and they don't get cleaned, I think they look worse, even worse than silver wheels that don't get cleaned. Yeah, because they look more brown. Yeah. And also you have the other factor is when you have black wheels and your tires aren't totally clean, the tires look brown compared to the black painted wheel. Yeah. Which bothers me as well. So I'm not that into it. But my dad cleans my mom's cars all the time, so shouldn't be a problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, her look at her 05 Accord. That thing was pretty clean all the time so the wheels were not pitted like most 05 accords would be now luckily it doesn't have a floating c-pillar which i hate i don't think it does however <laughs> however the rear three-quarter view kind of looks like a pontiac aztec it doesn't kind of it it, it looks, it looks like... like a slightly more modern pontiac aztec mm-hmm. yeah, pontiac aztec 100 yeah. percent. Uh, my father and mother do not agree with that uh, assessment um, but everybody else I've talked to, and I show a picture of the rear three-quarter view of the car, and I say, what does this look like? Without being prompted that it looks like a Pontiac Aztec, pretty much all say yeah. Pontiac Aztec. Not a CRX. Nope. Pontiac Aztec. Nope, which is, my father says it looks like a CRX with a glass panel on the back. But 
I mean, yes, CRX had a glass panel on the back, but it's shaped more like an Aztec. Nose is better looking than an Aztec. But yeah. Pontiacs of that era were not very good looking cars in, in general. Ways. No, they were just Malibus with plastic body kits. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a good car. I don't I don't hate it. I would recommend it to somebody who's looking to buy a CUV because of the warranty. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's better looking than the Hyundai CUV, which also has the same warranty. Hyundai is really goofy looking. Yeah, the new ones are. It's like uh, the Kona, whatever they call yeah, it. Yeah, it's like they took uh, the Crosstrek. And, and mated it with a Cherokee. And smudged it a bit with their thumb. Yeah, but then they put the weird three headlight system the Jeep Cherokee has on it. Oh. So it's that weird like slitty I, headlight up top and the big headlight in the middle and the fog light in the bottom. I really think that what they did was they were like, all right, what are the most popular cars right now? Crosstracks and these Jeeps? Because they sell a ton of them, arguably. Oh, for sure. Not arguably, they do. And Hyundai was like, well, we want to compete in that market, so let's mush the two things together styling-wise. Because that's what apparently what people are buying. Yeah, so that's the cheap Cherokee nose. Yep. With the three headlights. And this is not good podcast fodder, but... People know what we're talking about. Yeah. You've seen them. The... I I like the name Kona. Yeah. No, it's a cool name. But, I don't know. And that's the Kona nose. The same thing. The three sets of lights. Yeah, it's really goofy looking. Isn't it really similar, though, to that Jeep? Yeah. Just with... It's like an overstyled that's, Cherokee. That's the other thing with the out, or the Crosstrek, is they didn't overstyle the car really it's actually pretty conservatively styled yeah compared to compared to the other things on the market yes. yeah they and went I, they went with wild colors to sell versus wild style and they actually even though the car is new for 18 they didn't change the styling very much because they were selling so many of them it's kind of smart but mm-hmm, for sure anyways everybody knows that i am a big proponent of the six-speed cross track but oh yeah for sure and the cro- I don't think the Eclipse Cross is available in all-wheel drive with a manual? No. So There's little to nothing available in all-wheel drive with a manual. So at the moment on the market, the only thing that's available other than a Crosstrek, I think, is a Jeep. Renegade? Renegade, the small one. The 1.4? It's only available with a manual with a 1.4 turbo. But. That's the Fiat 1.4. Yes. But in 2019, mm-hmm. that's no longer an option. Ah, so they're going to be all automatic as well. So literally, your only option to keep all-wheel drive and get a manual transmission in a small CUV, which is a market segment, which I don't even like saying, but I've said it like four times now, um, is going to be the Crosstrek. I know, and that's the Crosstrek to me is even more of a lifted wagon than a CUV. I don't, I don't consider it an SUV in any way, shape, or form. It's more of a car with just a it's, slightly taller suspension. It's a tall Impreza. Yeah. That's all it is. It's like the old Outback. That's Outback's what it drives car. like. Yeah. And... Whatever. Yeah. No. I 100% agree. I'm I'm okay with the the yeah Subaru Crosstrek as a car. I don't hate it at all. Yeah. I don't hate this Eclipse Cross either. I just I don't see. I don't understand where it fits in the market compared to a Outlander Sport. I don't understand either. But that might be coming from the Nissan running them. Where Nissan has a bunch of SUVs that they have, seemingly uh, compete yeah, with each that's other. That's true because they have a Rogue and a Murano. A Murano I can't tell the difference between any of these vehicles. Yeah, and they had a Juke, which was kind of the same thing as well for a while. Yeah. So yeah, they had a bunch of the same. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But like we've said before, and we if have... it saves the brand, great, wonderful. I don't think it's going to, but if it does, wonderful. But like we said before, if this is what people are buying, this is what's being built and sold. Yeah. 
if you want sports cars, people need to go buy sports cars. I'm curious for the future of vehicles like this Eclipse Cross, though, because it is the same transmission differential setup as the Evo, right? No. Well, the same the same transfer case rear end setup? Maybe. It's not... <clears throat> it might be. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, they call it the super all-wheel control. They call it the same thing. They had in the Outlander GT, though. Well, That was all different stuff. But it is a Turbo 4. Yeah. Called an Eclipse. Maybe someday somebody will make these things fast. Maybe. Maybe somebody will engineer the terrible out of them by making them handle better, making them quick, making them enjoyable. I mean, the whole looking back on old cars now, I would drive the crap out of a mid-80s Mitsubishi Expo. I wouldn't have been caught dead in one of the mid-80s. Maybe. It's because it's ironically cool now. Maybe that will be too. I don't know. That's what I'm, that, that's what I'm saying. Is If the architecture is the same and you can make an Eclipse Cross with Evo parts. Yeah. Once the, all that stuff is cheap enough and the car is cheap enough, maybe it could be made cool. I mean, I'd love to drive a Fiesta ST, which they aren't making anymore. I'd right. have to buy a used one. Which sold pretty well, but unfortunately decided just to stop making cars. Yeah. Um, I would also drive a BRZ, but I just don't have a need for one. I don't know where you took this conversation. I'm just saying. That oh, okay. I thought you were going to fill in my thing about making an Evo swapped Eclipse Cross, but then you talked about other cars altogether. Because I don't think anybody's going to do that. Somebody did it in the old Outlander when the first came out, remember? Those definitely shared the same platform, yep. 100%, and that's mm-hmm. why it was easy. But I'm just saying, in general, people keep complaining that all that gets made is CVT CUVs. It's like, well, that's all that people buy. So that's Very what's true. getting made. So really, I don't know. But then, the, then there's the other thing. It's like, well, I could go buy these new sports cars, but then I could also just spend my money and own a bunch of... 80s and 90s cars and live in the past. Which maybe is more fun? I don't know. So according to the internet, the Eclipse Cross is in between the Outlander and the Outlander Support. Yeah, that, those all have the same platform. Those all same this, those all share the same platform with the Lancer. And this does too. Yeah. So this is the... Um, Mitsubishi has not engineered a new platform in many years. They've been using the same thing over and over again. So, actually, it looks like this vehicle is not... Oh, it is. Okay. So, it's the GS platform. Would you like to know who also shares the GS platform? Hyundai? Negative. Renault? Negative. Nissan? Negative. Infinity? None of the above. Nissan? You already said Nissan. Did I? It's Daimler, Chrysler, and Fiat. Oh, it's the Dodge Dart. The Dart's on that platform. Um, The Dodge Avenger and Caliber are. The Dart is a smaller platform. Whatever. These are dumb cars. But it is the same platform as, as the Lancer. Okay. So. Sure. I just don't care anymore. I don't want to talk about them. Well, no. I'm just saying. Um, I was doing my review of the Eclipse Cross and how it's a car. Yep, it succeeds at being a CUV. Mm-hmm. If you if if you dropped me into it blindfolded, 
and then somehow I was able to drive it without crashing. I wouldn't be able to tell what I was driving. Is basically what I'm saying. That's uh, it's, it's a generic CUV. There's nothing special about it at all. That pretty much describes probably every CUV. Yeah, that's what I say. That's hence the description generic CUV. <laughs> there isn't a good one. They're all just bleh. Maybe the Mazda is supposedly a little I don't sportier. Think there's any? It's not that there isn't a good one. There isn't any bad ones. They're all just mediocre. Yeah, they're all just average cars. It's just a eh, car. Is it a car? It's a car. Does it drive? It drives. Yeah, but there's a lot of cars like that. Right, and they're all terrible. We don't want them. Enthusiasts don't want them. When we're enthusiasts. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. This car, it succeeds at what it was set out to do. It's not terrible for its class. It is. Up, it should. It it should sell well in its class, so people actually drive them. If somebody goes out and drives and test drives a Rogue and test drives one of these and test drives a Rav Four, there's no reason for them to choose any one over the other, other than brand loyalty and styling. Is basically what I'm saying. They're yep. all the same damn car. Yep. Nothing special. They pretty much but are. It does move pretty good with the Turbo 4. It's not super slow, but it has a CVT with, it's in quote, air quotes, 8-speed. Mm-hmm. But it's a CVT, so it could be at 8 million speed. It's all just <laughs> how many stops they put in the computer. <laughs> so anyway, whatever. It's a car. It exists. My mom bought it. She's happy. She's not a car enthusiast by any means. Now, her last three cars were this, a Honda Accord four-cylinder automatic, and an Oldsmobile Alero. So, whew, none of which are exciting cars. Yep. But in my childhood, she drove cool cars, but not, not anymore. She just drives a car. Yeah, I just have no interest in... There's very few Obviously, new cars. I couldn't even talk about the car without you like nodding off over there, falling asleep. Pretty much. <laughs> um, I mean, even that type of Mitsubishi is like, all right, this is boring. Well, I I feel that people would want to hear about it and know. So a lot of I know a lot of people are curious about the car. Mm-hmm. So curiosity satisfied. Nothing to be curious about. Have you driven a car? You've driven an Eclipse Cross. Yeah. It works. It does work. So anyway. I have successfully filled up five minutes talking about Eclipse Cross. It's more than five we've, minutes. We've hit a half hour. It was, it was five minutes too much. I think we can put a bullet in this in this uh, in this episode and call it dead. So we have finished it. We will, I promise, put more effort into next week's episode. Or not. Or not. Keep expectations low. Empty promises. It's a free program. Yeah, I'm a liar, so it's all good. Yeah. I never even drove an Eclipse Cross. No, you definitely did. No, I definitely did. I'm kidding. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, if you enjoy lame-ass conversation about Eclipse Crosses, uh, leave us five-star yeah, five review on iTunes. Yep. It helps us in the rankings. Uh, share us with your friends. Tell them how much you love this podcast where they talk about crappy Mitsubishis. However, I, I drove a Ford Raptor today. Oh, okay. I did, but I don't feel like talking about it because it's an enthusiast vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it doesn't really. Again, it's just a pickup truck. Really? Yeah. I mean, driving it around town. I drove it from Salem to Danvers and Danvers to Salem. It's it drives like a pickup truck. See that interests me. Yeah, it's it's a pickup. It's a, but it, unless you have an opportunity to drive it, there's no deserts over here. dunes. <laughs> You're not going to get much different out of it driving it to and front down city streets. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. That's the thing around here. It's ungainly and wide too. 
Yeah, there's a lot of raptors around here. Yep. And not a lot of open space to this use This one them. also had really chunky tires on it, so it rode horrifically. You can't even bring them really down off-road trails here. They're too big. Because they're too wide. Yeah. They're made for open Baja-like... De- desert, yeah. Flat out. Yeah. Over, like, uh, whoops and stuff, but... I will say we just spent about $16,000 fixing this one, and it still drives like a nice truck, so... Okay. Took a pretty good hit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it drives like a truck. They're nice inside. All trucks are nice inside now. Yeah, they are. So, anyway. I just want to buy an old car. Another old car. Yeah. See? This is why we buy old cars. We get dirty and greasy and cuss at them, and they break down sometimes, and people give us crap for driving old cars sometimes, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day, because I'm not satisfied driving an Eclipse Cross. I'm not satisfied driving a Raptor. I want... A broken down old piece of crap. I like new cars, but it has to be dynamic. Yeah. Well, Raptors aren't no. on pavement. No. The Eclipse Cross is more dynamic on pavement. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the only problem. It's getting fewer and fewer. I don't know what I'm going to drive for, like, a five-year-old car. Mm-hmm. Or a ten-year-old car. BRZ. Yeah, I guess so. Cross, cross track six speed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cross that bridge when I get there. Yeah. So, anyway... Like I was saying, leave us five stars. Whatever. In a review. In a review. Yep. Leave us five stars, but be honest in your review. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Uh events coming up. This weekend is Cars and Coffee in Newington, New Hampshire at the Fox Run Mall. Yep. That's Sunday morning from nine to eleven. That is not the Cars and Coffee we're involved in. No, it is not, but it's a good show. It is. Um it's usually pretty big, usually four or 500 cars. What time do you have to get there? Um, last time I went, the parking lot was full at 9 a.m., and they started using the overflow lots. So if you want to get prime spot parking, you got to be there in the by, morning. you got to be there by 8.30. Um, next weekend is Radwood, as we know we've been talking about. Everybody knows we've been talking about it. We don't need yep. to talk about it anymore. Um, two weekends after that, oh, it's not really an event that's sold out, isn't it? You can't really push that one. Uh, Vermont. Northeast Flatlanders. Yeah. Toys or Tots run. Yeah. Well, people can give a People donation. can donate to the Northeast Flatlanders. Um, they're doing a Toys for Tot run in Vermont. Mm-hmm. You can do a donation through them. I think they're take, accepting money as well. Are they not? I don't know. I don't know. Being terrible at this. Yeah. If you want to donate toys and you can get to us in person. Yeah. We'll bring them up there. Yep. With our own. But otherwise. Yes. That's uh, That event's kind of closed. But we'll be there. Yeah, out. It's closed due to space. Yep. They'd love to have a million people donate a million toys, but they can't the way they have it set up, unfortunately. So, mm-hmm. um, But anyway, yeah, those are the events coming up that we're involved in anyway. Yep. There was the Vermont Overland Rally. We had some people that, that went to it. Weekend, I think. And we, yeah, we have to catch up with them about that. You know, we should probably do. We should probably have somebody who went be a guest on the show. Yeah. Sounds like something we should talk about off air. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, where can people find you on Instagram? T-S-I-S-S. I love making you say this. 350. T-S-I-S-S-350. All right. Or as Warren always says on his show, T-S-S-350. Yep. I mean, that's the way you read it. I guess it is. Follow the, our show, Out Off Topic, on Instagram, Out Off Topic Podcast, on Facebook, and myself, Race and Anger, on Instagram. As always, keep cars analog and aim for the roses.